Hello, this is Raz, and welcome to the Razcast. Um, what is this? This is a armchair show uh, where I talk to my friends, creatives, different people I know, um, just about life and uh, what's going on. Um, on this episode, we are finishing up the interview slash conversation with my good friend Rob uh, from Hardcoded Curiosity. And I think you guys are going to enjoy the second part because we just got on some really random topics, honestly. But yeah, remember to subscribe and enjoy. That's a great transition now because this was also yeah. a question. What's about Avatar The Last Airbender characters? Because... It was recommended on our on Hard Coded Curiosity not that long ago. Oh yeah. So my question to you is, who's who's the top Avatar Avatar character? Your favorite Avatar character, and then, i.e., and then slash, what bending style would you have? Oh, oh, okay. I love this. I love this. Actually, um, my girlfriend and I have been rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender over the last couple of weeks, ever since it released, and it's been great. We're already on book two. And there's so many things that we point out at the show that we love because we also love Star Wars and Clone Wars and Rebels. And we started watching the, the how the Mandalorian was made. And so Dave Filoni had a hand in the Mandalorian and in Rebels and Clone Wars. And for people who don't know, Dave Filoni actually was a director on season one of Avatar The Last Airbender. And that's how he got picked up to work on Clone Wars by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. And so that's really cool. So now we're like kind of super fans of Dave Filoni because this guy really understands storytelling and visuals and and just what makes a great story. And it's important for me to talk about this because when talking about my favorite character on the show, it's about storytelling. It's about what the show means. And that is people, right? The show is about people and it's about growing and growth and being more than what's just expected of you. And there's no one that exemplifies personal growth and change and what it means to be a person and love people more so than Zuko. And Zuko is my favorite character on the show because he has by far the best character arc I've ever seen anywhere. Oh, definitely. Oh, def- I'll, like you had me there for a second. I was like, where's he going with this? I was like, oh, wait. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's very important. Like I can't just say, oh, my favorite character is this. Like I have to be like, my favorite character is this because of like storytelling is told through the people. And when you have a solid character arc, it tells leagues more than just what the story would have, because you're getting this subplot narrative that just makes the world feel so much better and really drives home the the point of the story, which is that everyone can change and everyone can be better. But Zuko, Fire Lord Prince, who had so much going, like just so much happened to him. And the way they parallel Aang and Zuko's sort of seemingly opposed, but similar upbringing and kind of circumstances Mm -hmm. really makes you realize that the, the villain of the first season is actually just the mirror image of the avatar and just someone in slightly different circumstances. And then throughout the show, as he develops as a character, you know, all the little things that they showed from like subtle dialogue reactions, his own personality, you see that more as season one goes on. But then in season two, you start to see 
because you know he gets he loses his ship and he has to go into hiding he starts interacting with people he is a refugee now and he is interacting with refugees and you start to see how he slowly realizes things about the fire nation that he already knew but he kind of grows and and learns and then just seeing that towards the end de develop fully where he fully comes into his own and joins the avatar and like that scene which i can't wait to rewatch where he kind of sees iroh again after jalen like apologizes and iroh's like i'm just i was just worried that you were lost mm -hmm. and so zuko is that character that i think more people can identify with than with any of the characters on the show because of that idea of you know I mean, he said something that was just so profound that was like uh, in, in season one, it's like, I like I don't care that other people were just given other things and were blessed with gifts or something like that, like his sister Azula. And this was like in the finale of season one, he says, but I've had to fight for everything, you know? And he has, because he has to fight. And because he had to fight for everything and push for his own things, he grows as a person individually. I think that's important to convey across is that Everyone can change, but it's their individual fight, their their individual drive to be better and to, to fend for themselves that makes you grow. Like, no one can make you grow. If your whole life is just what other people give to you, you will never be your own person. And that's why I think Zuko is my favorite character. I like that, honestly, because it's like, even because even thinking about it, one of the things about, like, the whole series is, like, especially with Aang and them, is just, like, how they react to like the real world, you know, of mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. how Zuko, he basically had like this quote unquote for a time, like sheltered life, like, Oh, my life is like this. This is a, I'm the Prince of the fire nation. And then he fucked up and then he faced reality. And in the beginning, he literally has a scarred, a, he's literally scarred mm -hmm. by his face with reality. And then has like, if you look at it as like the psychological view of like, no, this really happens to people when they like, when they get faced with like harsh, like the harsh part of like life, they have like two reactions. They get scarred by it and then they like react, they like attack the world. And it's very interesting to see that like they portrayed that yeah. through Zuko. That's a great point too, because it wasn't like he, like he did something bad in the Fire Nation and they punished him for it. Like he spoke out against injustice and got punished by it. And so you're basically seeing this villain who was created because he was loving and empathetic and was a good-natured person get punished. And then you see that when you when you try to fight for good in the world, you're not going to be met with praise. You're going to be met with, with people pushing back, with people being angry. And you have two choices. You can either regress back and just accept that things are the way they are and you know that you just can't do anything about it. Or you can grow and you can change and you can still fight beyond that pain because it's worth it. And I just, I really just love this show because, it, and again, for anyone listening who hasn't seen this show, go and watch it because it is just one of the most profound things because it tackles so many different topics from sexism to classism to immigration to oppression, nationalism, everything this show touches on. It's great. Honestly. And then, you know, it has it has the magical thing of having bending, you know, <laughs> which is so which is just as a cool. You're just like, well, that's really cool. Yeah. No, I was going to say that was one thing that I think that they definitely, especially like Avatar did was 
really look at like, oh, yeah, we don't just have this cool magic art, martial art thing uh, story. We also have like looking at, you know, what are the effects of the world and what are the effects of like, because even there are even like YouTube like channels dedicated to like looking at like oh is the at with the avatar av- actually ever be considered like is there such a thing as like a bad avatar and it's like well it's that goes back to the same thing that they talked about with uh with like the force and stuff and like how the the avatar is supposed to bring ba- balance but that doesn't necessarily mean like like quote-unquote good like that's the same thing that True, they did with like yeah. anakin when he was like oh you're supposed to bring balance to the four you're supposed to bring balance to the force he was like well you have to realize like the jedi had like a shit ton of power oh <laughs> uh, yeah seriously they, they ruled a galaxy yeah it's like know? he he did in a way bring balance not in the way you liked it though yeah not in the way that most people would have liked it but so you know. to me that's like it's very interesting when you have stories like that and like star wars that take that are taking not just this which is really big in like more especially in like really big in eastern cultures and that type of stuff of like and like more spiritual things of like no we're not just gonna go with good and bad like we're gonna say there's a good and bad but then we're gonna make you think about it is there really a good and bad mm-hmm. yeah i think that's important because those shows like make you ask these philosophical questions like are things black and white or is there more like we need to know more and and you as a person need to challenge the world you know, you need to challenge and try to find for yourself and define for yourself what things mean and what is good and what is bad. And that's what, you know, personal growth is. And these shows really do a great job of that. Oh, definitely. All right. To kind of go back, though, I remember you asked me about what kind of bending. Oh, yeah. What would... bending What bending style would you have? Okay. So there's two answers to this question because it could be what would I have like personality wise or what would i want and i would want water bending but i know that given my personality according to oreo i am either a firebender or an earthbender and you know i'll take firebender i'll take firebender <laughs> what you have against earthbenders my dude <laughs> uh they're my least favorite kind of bending because their philosophy is like they have to sit and listen and i'm just like i, I don't i don't want to do that <laughs> Uh, like Toph is badass, but um, uh, yeah, I just, I just, uh, the fighting styles that that because you know how all the different bendings are based off the different like fighting styles and Shaolin and right, you know uh, stuff, and fire bending just looks is based off like northern Shaolin style or something like that or southern, and it just looks so cool, and just flourishy and fun. So if I had to choose between those two, like if it was forced upon me, I would go with that, but. If I was given a choice, like a full choice, besides being the avatar, I would totally choose waterbending. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everyone would choose the avatar. You have access to everything. Yeah, it's just like, well, it's not even a choice. It's just like I get all the choices, all of the above. Oh, that's funny. But so then why water? Why water then? Oh, I just, I've always loved the ocean as a kid and I loved water. And so when I watched a show growing up and I was in the pool, I would pretend to waterbend. So it's kind of like a nostalgic thing to me, but also... I just think it looks beautiful. Like the idea that you can just play with the flow of water. I mean, air has flow to itself, but you can't really see it. But water, it's like this form that has a physical form, but can also move around. So it's very versatile of all of the elements. It's the most versatile. And if there's anything I love, it's versatility. 
Mm-hmm. Like if I can buy something that'll do seven different things for me, I love that. And so waterbending, I feel, has that kind of vibe where you can shape the water into anything. You can shape it into a shield or a whip or a sword or use it as a wall or surround it around things and freeze people. So it has all this utility to it. And then if you're really evil, you could do bloodbending, you know. <laughs> Right. So if we were ever to play a D&D world in Avatar, I would probably be a bloodbender, you know, uh, just because that sounds OP. That's definitely something we have to do now that you mention it. Definitely play a D&D game in, uh, in, Avatar, in Avatar with like that world. Oh, and they need to make, I'm sure there's an RPG book out there somewhere that someone made. There's definitely, R- look, I found a final, the point that I was able to find a specific Final Fantasy game, like not just Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy 7, like yeah. specific RPG points out to me that there are, there's everything. Yeah, when we were originally planning, we had like a, a full party of mages. There was a white mage, a blue mage, a time mage. and Oh, that was, that was going to be crazy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just a bunch of OP. Yeah, that was, it was a lot of like, well, I I don't know how this is going to (laughs) go. Yeah. That's dope. Speaking of which, that was another question I actually had. So I do know that you have a, a interest in water and sailing. Yeah. And that type of stuff. So I just actually want to know where that came from. Cause like, that was one thing I, we never really talked about as roommates, but then also I found out that you kind of got into like, and that also that like you, uh, one of your dreams is to get a boat. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that type of stuff. That's stuff that, you know, I actually, mm-hmm. where is that from? Cause I have no, I have no experience in that at all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll talk about that really quick. But before we do, man, you have to tell me what kind of bending you want to be. Like, are you want to? Oh have, man, I'm anything all, like that. Uh, man, I'm all earthbender, man. I'm really? all about li- I'm all earthbender, <laughs> man. All earthbender. I was surprised. I'm like, oh, he he did tai chi. He's he's got to love water bending. Nah, I mean, I love. Of course, I love water. Water bending's great. But I'm all. I'm me personally. One because, as you point out, Toph is the best. Toph is Toph is my yes. favorite character. By far, oh, without question, because of just like her whole character arc and what she kind of stood as a character for of like mm-hmm. that same like, oh, came from like a privileged thing, but then was because of like the way that people interpreted her and saw her was very different from who she was. And I like that as a character. And like oh, people... and then she went out and like defined her own life and right. formed a whole new bending style. Right. I mean, like on. I like that story. Like me personally, that's the type of story I like in which it's like, oh, these people view this person as one thing and they go out and make the name for themselves and they're like, no, this is who I am kind of thing. Yeah, um, there's a big theme for characters defining themselves and becoming their own person, which I think is very important for a kid show. For oh, any yeah. show really. And then besides Toph is obviously her best friend, her quote unquote unbest friend, best friend, Iroh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unknown best friends, um, in my view. But um yes. I definitely would say earthbending for the point of, as you pointed out, it's like listening. And like I said, my my two favorite people are Toph and Iroh. And Iroh is all about listening, call like as much as he's like he's a firebending and a badass, he is like the version of him that we get exposed to is not the person who is like he does not become that kick-ass person that he was at a time um until like the end really yeah but he's the more like i'm gonna i'm gonna listen out i'm gonna call like i'm not just gonna go into a fight kind of thing yeah which i think i mean yeah if if he was if he was given a bending based on his personality you're right he would totally be an earthbender right so i think his personality and that type that's why for me personally i i personally vibe with that more of like i would like 
that type of thing. And it always seemed cool to me because to me, it's all based on sound. And, you know, I love sound. Like, yes. especially, so that was like, a, That's oh, true. Yeah. I would love to be able to just walk everywhere and be able to feel vibrations and be like, OK, there's a person over there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> just echolocation through my feet. Yeah, so that was always a cool idea to me. So I think that's why I really liked Earthbending was particularly how Toph used it and then how like the whole more philosophy behind it in that way. Interesting. That's great, actually. Yeah. I really like that. That's true. But waterbending is very is great. It's, it's very, very you. great. Yeah. Waterbending is <laughs> awesome for the Tai Chi part all day. Like <laughs> I was um <laughs> I was there's this uh there's this martial artist who's being called like the modern day Bruce Lee. His name is Deck Yo. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting because he also is a very same thing of like Bruce Lee of being very highly spiritual, highly philosophical and all of them relating things to water and like moving like oceans and that type of thing. And so to me, that's one of those things of like, if you like Eastern things in any way, you have to be a fan of like water metaphors and water stuff in some way. Yeah. It's like Taoism. It's like all about flowing around things. So yeah. Right. But um, oh. yeah, back to the sailing thing. What is what is oh, that yeah, yeah, interest? Yeah from well it's one of my many interests uh because i i can't wait for quarantine to end quote unquote because i really want to get back into sailing and krav maga and rock climbing because i like just being active in general when i can afford it <laughs> specifically when i can afford it specifically when but, we are not poor <laughs> yes exactly but sailing has been something i've always wanted to do because i grew up basically on the water with my family having like a small boat at first and then they traded that up for a larger one and a slightly larger one and then the recession hit and we sold that. But growing up, I basically every weekend until I was 14 went out onto the ocean. And that was like my childhood backyard. And just everything about that experience of just sleeping on the water on a boat. And this wasn't a sailboat. This was just like a motorboat. But sleeping on a boat, waking up in the morning to the ocean, like swimming around, just kayaking through the the mangroves in florida like it's it's just a lot of fond memories for me and again i love water bending and stuff like that so i've always been water centered but sailing is just so magical to me because it's just this like an entire massive body is built so that way it can move without any force other than the wind and so i was like i got i gotta try it you know i, I really have to try it and i tried it and so many questions were answered for me about like how does a sailboat move in any other direction than where the wind is going like how can you move a sailboat in a direction other than like if the the wind is flowing from north to south how can you move other than south you know right because i thought it was just like the wind pushes the sail and the sail moves a boat in the direction that it's being pushed but it's so much more than that you with when you're sailing a boat you're sailing a plane like like a physical plane just kind of flipped over a little. Mm-hmm. So you have two wings. You have the sail, which is one wing, and then you have the fin on the bottom of the boat, which is another wing. And so what happens is the wind blows against the sail, much like a, the wing of a plane, and that pushes the sail forward. Like the sail can be at a diagonal, but because it's a wing shape and the wind's kind of running around, and there's a lot of physics that goes on, of course, but it basically lets it move in every direction except where the wind is coming from. So when you're sailing, it's just this incredible ability to harness the wind to move it and being able to convert natural energy and manipulate it in a way to move you somewhere is just something very powerful. And of course, when you're on a boat, 
and you're just moving really fast and you're like leaning over the side of the water to, to keep the boat from like healing over because of the wind it's just like you're gliding over the water and it's just a lot of fun and i mean there's just something incredible about flying you know whether flying a plane or sailing a boat and moving in general just like when you're on a bike or in a car you know racing a car on a track or going down a mountain on a bike there's just something so that makes you feel so alive about moving especially moving fast and fluidly and even racing too so like when we were learning how to sail they had us kind of race each other in these small dinghies and it was it was actually a lot of fun because it was like, how do I trim the sail or move it a little bit so that way the wind like makes my boat faster? How do I catch the wind right? You know, how do I get in front or between the these other boats in the wind so I can slow them down and literally take their wind from them? So it's a it was a fun because I love mechanics, I love cars and all that stuff. So I just love operating vehicles, and so that's another thing that I just so sailing is just like everything together i don't have to worry about motors or anything like that i can just just sail and windsurf and stuff it's another reason why i want to learn surfing and stuff like that that's nice. pretty much why nice yeah. well you're definitely in the right place for for those things for sure yeah exactly southern california beautiful nice well cool well while we're wrapping up here i do have one more question and of course slash this one's gonna be a little bit hard i, I feel but as you are a musician, guitarist mm -hmm. to be specific, and I know you have you like your music, who are your, I would say, favorite slash top three guitarists? Oh, that's hard. Wow. And I've it doesn't really have to be in any particular that. order. No particular order. Just like. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just top, like, in, like, top three. Can I include bass guitarists too? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. Because bass guitar was what I was trained in and then guitar, so I played both of those. But, you know, bass, my favorite musician of all time who happens to play the bass guitar and the person who inspired me with music throughout my life is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. He is someone who takes so many different kinds of inspiration from so many different realms of music. I mean, he was raised in a household of people playing jazz music on trumpet and he was raised playing trumpet. So he incorporates that into his music. He's a big fan of funk and punk and pop. And I mean, he basically redefined rock playing for bass on his own and his style of playing like his music draws from so many different things and you can tell in his music that it's so different so funky so powerful so thought through and fun and on top of that when he plays live he's just full of he's just this bundle of energy and like that's just what makes watching the chili peppers just so much fun so by all in all he is my favorite guitarist uh bass guitarist whatever but then other two, I would have to say, I haven't really thought of this. This is a hard question because I don't really think about these things. Because I, I knew about Flea because we talked about that on, on that one. Because I, I was like, who else does he like? That's my question. Yeah, yeah. I have to think, I have to think hard about this. Just give me, give me a quick second for mm -hmm. me to think a little bit. These aren't, I might think of the, okay. Dude, I don't record. You can, you can always change. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just like, trying to think. <laughs> I've got I've got another I've got I've got another one besides Flea. I'm just trying to think of a third one. And it's just like it's hard it's hard to really put a name to some master that I'm like, oh, I would love to play like them. I'd have to say for sure, Hosier is one of my other favorite guitarists because of how 
his music is just it's taken from blues and r&b and gospel and so his style of playing is deep and raw and powerful and emotional and he sings and he has an incredible voice and while he sings he's playing these incredibly complicated syncopated multi-rhythm guitar parts that are bluesy and and r&b and that's just very hard to play on their own and on top of that he's just singing and he's singing a melody that is also not simple it's not pop at all it's very syncopated it is very bluesy it's very powerful and so that kind of technique and innovativeness is just incredibly admirable so definitely hosier and flea and then for a third person oof well i'll, I'll just say i'm in between two okay i'm in between tom morello from rage against the machine and audio slave okay because he's incredibly innovative and john frusciante also from the chili peppers just because the way his philosophy on on recording solos is incredible so i'll talk a little about those two just briefly so john frusciante's way of playing solos the way he did for the album stadium arcadium for the chili peppers is that he went into the studio and he said i am giving myself two chances to record a solo and if i don't do a good solo on the second time i'm just not doing a solo for the song and so that philosophy of like i want it to be as raw and present as possible makes it so all of his solos not just on the album but live are are just based on pure feeling and you see it in the way he plays it's raw it's emotional it's powerful and so to watch john frusciante and flea play together it's just it's just something magical to watch from any like musician standpoint because you can see how they communicate with each other how they feel the music and how they just flow off of each other and so i'm really excited that they're actually back together now uh but then tom morello from rage against the machine he actually has a master class on master class for guitar playing and his philosophy or like his not really philosophy but mostly he, he's very innovative he didn't look at his guitar as just something to play the notes that he was taught he was like this is an electronic thing it has different components that i can mess with and he developed a style that is known for rage against the machine and audio slave where he literally just turns the guitar off and on while he plays it creating these incredibly cool sounding effects you know mm-hmm so um, if you've ever listened, I think it's Bomb Track is a song by Rage Against the Machine. There's a part where like, what he's doing is he's turning the guitar on and off again while hammering on. And it creates this weird techno kind of feel without passing it through any kind of techno filter. So he's very innovative with his style of playing. And he channels a lot of kind of politics and just rage into his playing too. So it's really fun. So I got to say, those are like my... I guess the guitarists that I really look up to and admire. Nice. Nice. All great people. Definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that would be it. That's all our questions that I have on me. <laughs> this felt like a, like a, like a really like an interview. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, well, I haven't really thought of that before. <laughs> um, so I guess my last, the last thing we try to, I try to leave everyone off with some type of recommendation. We've given plenty so far, but if there's any one specific thing and you're, you will more than likely be back on, obviously. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about like AI and some other things next time. But yeah, for, fantastic. but for this time, um, you have like one specific recommendation besides Avatar and the things we've recommended um, and talked about that people can yes. like, you know, look into and 
I will actually go ahead and recommend it's not a show or a book or a song, anything like that. I will actually recommend people go and learn to play Dungeons and Dragons. Actually. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I, like I mean, it's just, it's a way to just hang out with your friends and explore world building and just improvisation, just having fun with people. So it's just, it's just a blast. So I recommend, I recommend that actually. All right. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. That was oh, amazing. Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. It, it was amazing. I really love this. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, people will be able to check in with you via hardcoded curiosity uh, at Gmail mm-hmm. and also checking out that podcast where you'll hear more updates with Rob and other random topics that we talk about on the episode, which includes string instruments and martial arts and Mm -hmm. video games. Yeah, I think we should do one on, uh, actually, one on art because I think Perry would love to to be a part of one of those podcasts because I guess talking about art and art in the game industry and stuff like that. Cool. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Mm -hmm.